Everyone's got opinions when it comes to leadership, and let's be honest, how many experts do we all know? But where can we find real leadership advice that's not BS? Well, look no further. Welcome to No BS Leadership, where on each episode we attempt to expose the gap between what leaders think they should be doing and what actually works without the BS. Join Myra, Jeff with a G, Dr. Sam, Jeffrey, and me, Jeff with a J, as we work to debunk those leadership myths. Listen in as we irritate some, inform others, and challenge all leaders to discover a better path to the leadership excellence we all want. And welcome back, everybody, to the No More Leadership BS podcast. Welcome, everybody. We're glad you're here. I am Jeff Geoff McLaughlin, and I am a professionals at play helping teams to uh, better communicate through joy, laughter, and, and the power of play. And we've got the incredible No More Leadership BS team here. I'm just going to go around my screen. Uh, say hello to everybody, Mr. Jeff Geyer. Hey, how's everybody doing? It's great to be with you again. Always glad to have you on the show. Mr. Sam Jennings, not Mr., sorry, Dr. Sam Jennings. If I get that wrong, I don't want to get slapped on the wrist or something. He's a Mr. Doctor. Because I flap the handle, that kind of thing. Yeah, I'm Sam C.M. Jennings. Good to see you. C.M. Jennings. The always lovely and intelligent Miss Myra Hall. And I am so ready for our episode today, and I know that you're going to enjoy it. Oh, yeah. Full of joy and laughter for sure. And as always, the ever wonderful Jeff Conroy. Oh. How's everybody doing? <laughs> we're, I, we're great, man. This is great. I love it. So it's, you know, just after the new year here. And we talked about resolutions. We talked about burnout. We've had a, we've been going for almost a year now. This is pretty awesome. Our topic for today is realistic optimism, not the like sunshine, rainbow, unicorns, kittens, and Skittles kind of optimism, which is some of my favorite kind of optimism. I love kittens and Skittles. <laughs> Who doesn't love kittens and Skittles and unicorns and rainbows? But right. the realistic optimism that people, that actually helps people, that ex- gets us through some of those tougher times helps us with our attitude, helps us with our engagement, helps us with how do we operate on a daily basis in society. And let's face it, the last couple of years have been, lack of a better word, a complete shit show of the last two years. Come Sucking on, let's- that's, that's no BS right there. How, how do you maintain optimism with all of the crazy negativity in the world. So that's kind of my my quest right now is to get from you guys. What are the things that you guys do to maintain optimism? I know that we are all, we're all disc people and we know that some people are naturally born optimistic, naturally born with that just like sunshine, all that kind of stuff. What about the people that don't necessarily have that? What are things that they can do to actually increase their optimism? So I'm going to point that out to you, Mr. Jeff Geyer, because you're at the top of my screen where I'm looking here. What are some things that you do to help maintain optimism in your daily life? I I learned a long, long, long time ago. Because you're old. Because I'm old, right? (laughs) That, thank you for pointing that out, that if, if you don't like where you are, you need to change the books you read and the people you associate with. And so if you're not naturally optimistic, 
then here's an idea. Turn off the news and it doesn't matter whether it's CNN or uh, Fox or whatever political bend you have. It doesn't just turn that off. Start reading different books or, or here you go. Start reading a book and associate with different people. If you're not an optimistic person, then on in, on purpose and intentionally associate with optimistic people. If you want to be a bank robber, go hang out with bank robbers and pretty soon you'll be a bank robber. And if you want to be more optimistic person, hang out with more optimistic people and pretty soon you'll be more optimistic. I don't know any bank robbers. I know. That, I actually well, do. That, that, that's, beca- that's because they don't keep the money at the bank anymore. Yeah. It doesn't actually live there. So there's no, no point to more actually, it. Virtual actually, bank I, I, actually, I do know one. He did seven years in the federal pen. That's a totally different episode. And that's we'll a that different way. leadership uh, story. I would hope. And I just have to throw this in here because I just read it yesterday. The new tax code for 2021 states that if you steal something and don't give it back within the year that you stole it. I saw that. You <laughs> have to pay taxes on the value. That And that is not a lie. <laughs> nope, I saw okay. that. Okay. Okay. Wait, Myra. I, my sister-in-law works for the IRS. She is an agent for the IRS. And I talked to her about this. And she goes, oh, yeah, that's been in there a long time, actually. You have to claim any. You just put it in the other category. As long as you put it in the other category, they don't care where you got it as long as you pay taxes on it. It doesn't matter. Seriously? I'm, I'm not kidding. It was, I, I jaw on the floor just last week talking to her and she goes, yeah, as long as you claim, as long as you pay taxes on it, the IRS doesn't care where you got it from. That's so drug this, dealers, yeah. as long it, as they pay taxes. It's the assumption. It's the assumption that somebody's going to be honest enough to report it if they stole it in the first hey, place. That's what I said. She's so like, sorry. Sorry for the business. interruption. But- that's awesome. <laughs> so we digress. We Optimism. can do a tax advice episode. <laughs> right. Optimism for, for thieves. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you can claim is Just put it in the other category. That is not tax advice. We are not tax professionals. Please do not listen to that part. Okay. But if you want to All read right. it, it's on page 76, middle column at the top. Nor are we sponsored by the IRS. We're not yeah. sponsored by the IRS. <laughs> we will now be audited by the IRS. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. So Dr. Sam, Jeff had some great advice there. So turning off the television, changing the people that you associate with, associate with more positive people, read a book, read something about optimism or something like that. What else do you think? You've got, you're, you're a doctor, man. You're, you're really smart. So <laughs> no out. pressure, Sam, no pressure. He no plays pressure. one on TV. Yeah, let's be clear. I wrote a lot of words, but I I wouldn't say necessarily smart in that category. So I'm struggling with the optimism, and here's what I'm struggling with. I'm not sure that everybody needs to be optimistic all the time. It's okay to have moments and situations where, man, it's just plain sucks, and own that and accept it. But to live there is a whole different beast. So Mm -hmm. looking at the situation we're in, we're going on entering year three of a pandemic, and to just tell people, hey, just be optimistic, that's going to ring pretty dang hollow. So the optimism I would offer is what can you look forward to and not hopes and dreams. I hope this is over. I hope this is resolved soon, but what can you do? What about your situation right now? Isn't that bad? And then what can you do to marginally even improve it further? What can you be optimistic about your future, your situation and your circumstances? And I'm not saying disregard the things you can't control, but appreciate that they live outside of your locus of control and do the things you can do because otherwise if we if you're spinning and stressed out over things you can't have any influence on this can be very hard to be either realistic or optimistic i love that you said that it's that realistic optimism that's the the whole point 
mm-hmm. is that you can't control. We're in year, like we're going into year three of two weeks to flatten the curve. Come on. <laughs> I'm no math major, but I know that doesn't quite work out. Okay. So how do you be optimistic? How do you create that sense of still having a little bit of hope? What can you do? So changing the people that you, you hang around with, the things that you can control, you know, it's the little things that you have power over that can give you hope, right? right? And so that locus of control, the things that you have within your personal space, your maybe it's your arm length. I can control the things that are within my arm length, unless they're my children or my wife, in which case, I'm sorry, I'm SOL. They're controlling those things. So That's most of us. But I can, which is most of us. So what else, Myra, people that are born naturally optimistic. I'm still optimistic. I took a, a lot of people took a huge financial. We had to go home and be doing business from our, our, in our pajamas. Hey, that's a pretty cool. I thought that was fun. You didn't have to wear pants to go to a meeting. That was awesome. I still um, do that. I'm okay. frowned upon, but I, I was going to say your office mates don't appreciate it. I think you're happy. Yeah. I think there's a big difference between optimism and just being happy Yeah, because optimism is something that for most people has to be cultivated. If they're not a high eye naturally, then they're not naturally optimistic. And it's something that has to be, in fact, there's nothing that irritates me worse that when I'm in a bad mood, sunshine comes bouncing in. <laughs> I just get out of my face. I'm, I'm busy being in a bad mood and I want to stay that way. So I had to cultivate optimism. Because if I didn't like where the other one took me. And you guys all know that what you focus on grows. If you focus, have you ever got up in the, in, in the morning and you stubbed your toe and it just pissed you off? So the rest of the day just went downhill from there? I, I have had those days. And I, I bet if anybody's honest, they've had those days too where just they just start expecting stuff to go wrong. I've had conversations with my wife where I'll say, I need a positive. I need something positive to happen. I need a positive. Give me me something positive here. That alone will give us optimism that this isn't going to be forever. This is going to, this is going to have an end. And if we want to make the best out of it, let's look at that inch beyond the end. You know, Mm -hmm. when it's not going to matter anymore, or at least we're not in it and things are changing I, I, with the pandemic, I, I look an inch beyond the end. When they declared the war over on the pandemic, I am going to, what they ever do or not, I don't know, but that's what I look at. Is life returning to normal or what the new normal, if nothing else, but it's not always going to be doom and gloom. Let's look forward to the time when it's not. Now, does that just make me bubble over with joy? It does not. I'm just not a bubbler by, by, by nature, but what it does is it gives me hope. And I think that's what realistic optimism does is give you hope. There you go. Mm -hmm. I agree with that. You know how life is when there's no struggles, no issues, or no stress. Neither do we. We've all got struggles, but what we all don't have is burnout. How do you know if burnout is creeping up on you? What do you look for? And what do you do if you find yourself there? The No More Leadership BS team will be hosting a burnout workshop on January 26th from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern Time to help you understand burnout and how to avoid it, how to recover from it, and how to prevent burnout from wrecking everything you've built. We're not going to spend your time talking about generalities and then upsell you. You'll get real value. You'll be able to take action. 
you'll have new skills to identify, respond to, and avoid burnout. Burnout is pervasive. Whether you're in burnout or not, wouldn't it be better to know than to wonder? Find out for yourself by going to www.leadershipbs.co forward slash burnout and sign up now to beat burnout. Don't wait for burnout to dismantle your life. Seats are limited, so get your ticket today. Yeah, you mentioned something earlier, Meyer, before we started recording that one of the ways that you you worked on that was actually practicing gratitude. Yes. You wanna, can you address that really quick? Because I, I think you, I can't remember exactly what you said about the the mind. And- oh yeah, yeah. When you're in a, and that's one of the ways I worked my way out of bad situations because I learned that when you are you have gratitude for something, gratitude and fear can't live in your brain at the same time. It's impossible. It's, it's yeah. absolutely impossible. And when you live in fear or, and that's usually what gets a bad attitude going is you're afraid of what's going to happen. Then you're, you're part of your brain. I can't even remember the name of it. it it's, uh, it's not your limbic brain. What is that? The reptilian part. Anyway, it's when you live in fear, it squirts out a chemical that shuts down your prefrontal cortex so that you can mm-hmm. literally not make good decisions. Mm-hmm. You literally cannot. So when you practice gratitude, it, it's dopamine and serotonin, I believe. Isn't that right, yep. Geoff? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Which opens up the brain. It opens up feelings of goodwill. It settles you down. And you start looking and noticing the good things. Yeah. Yeah. And even noticing those good things, that serotonin release of seeing or doing something good and kind for somebody is a changer. Mm-hmm. And it's not just... For you, it's for the other person. But the cool thing about serotonin is it's completely shareable. So when you do something for somebody else, they go to the office and say, oh my gosh, this person bought me a coffee on my way to work today. It was just just unexpected. Just oh, there's good things that happen in the world still. They tell that story to the people in the office and the people in the office all get a little warm fuzzy. And they're all like, oh, that's so nice. That's great. Those people are now actually more likely to go out and do something kind for somebody else. Pay it it's forward. to pay it forward. Yep, exactly. That's the natural serotonin release. It's a leadership chemical. When you do something good for your team, they're more likely to go out and do good for their team. It's a it's, it's super easy thing to do is do something good for other people. Helps you with that optimism, helps you with gratitude. It's amazing. Yeah. Well, and, Mr. And kindness. Oh, oh. I oh, was going to say kindness is the one thing that costs you nothing yep. that you, you get uh, three times a return. How many times have you guys ever sent a thank you card to somebody? Just out of nowhere. Or, or what Greg, when we had him on the show, said, just text somebody and say, just thinking about you. I think you're doing a great job. And Or yeah. a gratitude text. I started doing yeah. that. And I know I've received some lately. And I, every day I write at least two thank you cards. And just, yeah. just to say thank you. Just thanks for being a great person. So, Or yeah. what you've done for me. Or I don't have addresses yeah. anymore. So I wouldn't know where to send them. <laughs> I can tell you right now, if you get something in the mail, one of those little, like I've, I've received a few of those this year, just a simple thank you note uh, in the mail and to get something that's not a bill or something oh, yeah. like advertising is it's so refreshing. It feels so good. And it like gives me faith in humanity again. Oh my gosh, we can actually use the mail system. This is incredible. Yeah. Some, somebody <laughs> so, spent 53 cents. Exactly. And they time. cared enough to spend 53 and cents and time mm-hmm. to write it out. It was, it's magical. And that's what I like about the thank you card is because someone's actually taking the time to sit down and think about you for one thing, but to actually handwrite 
with my shitty handwriting, <laughs> a, a thank you card. If you're a doctor, you can't read it, but you still got it. It's all that's good. Where, that's where Sam gets away with it. <laughs> exactly. Oh, man. So for you guys then, Myra gave us a little bit, but what else? Is there anything else that you do to help increase your optimism or to, or at least stay out of the pessimism range? Because that one's really easy to get into. Even for me, sometimes working with people or driving, I'm sorry, but when I drive, I get real pessimistic about humanity in general, (laughs) especially in the winter. Because I'm like, do you not know the rules? Are there, is there some hidden force that I'm not aware of? Going 25 Um, and a 35. Yeah, that's my favorite. (laughs) Or 75 on the freeway when it's snowy and icy. Come on. Yeah. Everybody's always the bad guy on the road. So how do you stay out of that pessimistic pessimism? And even just that, it's it's real easy to go to that dark place. Stay out of that. And the brain naturally goes negative, right? Mm -hmm. Right. Brain naturally. Yeah. So you've got to, you've got to really fight to, to be positive. Mm-hmm. You know, that's where you surround yeah. yourself with positive people. Again, I'll go back to my mentor group. You know, I, I need them. I need them or yeah. I'm going to go postal on somebody. <laughs> and, 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 I, and I stated it in the past, before I went to grad school, reading the Stephen Covey's, the Zig Ziglar's, the John Maxwell's of the world, I was a horrible leader. And I probably still am not a very good leader, but uh, that's probably not good for this podcast. But I was a yeller and a coffee cup thrower. And it wasn't until I went to graduate school and started reading other amazing books like Archbishop Desmond Tutu, he just passed away and No Future Without Forgiveness, his book was a life changer for me. And it really made me realize that people who are not leading people are, are on a long, lonely journey. And that's where I really started reading inspirational books, really good books like that, surrounding myself with great people. I still keep in touch with my graduate school because my master's is in leadership organization and these are leadership people. They've written books and they're still writing books. So I need to surround myself with, with smart, amazing people. But like you, Mr. McLaughlin, I have mentors in different aspects of my life. Not one mentor is, 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 is good at everything. Just like no leader is good at everything. You need to surround yourself with people. Yeah, so that's yeah. what I do. And I have the occasional glass of wine. <laughs> I mean, or babies in my coffee. Right. Yeah. So, so to answer your question, um, Jeff, I, I think it's, uh, and we're going to, do do another podcast on this. It's a, it's about mindset because some of the stuff we're talking about is we talked earlier about hope and how do you be optimistic when you, when everything around you is not optimistic and all of that stuff. And, and to me, what we're talking about is you got to have faith in this case that things are going to get better. And the definition of faith kind of is that hope for things that aren't yet to come and this ability to see things that aren't yet here. And so that's a mindset um, shift from where maybe we're currently at if we're not very optimistic. So you got to have faith. That, in fact, now I, I, I'm hearing the song, you got to have faith, right? Faith, 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 that's true. That's but that's really hard though, because I'll, I'll be honest. One of my my very dearest best friends has some pretty severe depression issues, and for him, there's a chemical imbalance where he goes. There's just times he goes, I can barely get off the couch to take care of myself, yeah. and it's those times when I'll reach out, I'll text, or I'll call, and I'll say, Hey, what's going on? How you doing? And I can hear it in his voice. Mm-hmm. I can hear that he's just down, and so I'll be like, Hey, can I come over and bring you a cup of coffee? And sometimes he'll say, No, I just need to be alone. And I'll be like, okay, but sometimes they'll say, dude, that'd be just great. And I'll end up going over there and we'll talk for an hour or two. And just that ability to, to one, reach out. And and if you have people in your lives that are like that, 
that have, they just need somebody else. Maybe sometimes they do need that little ray of sunshine. And you never know the power that you have as a human being to be the ray of sunshine for somebody else, be the kindness that you want to see in the world. That's the epitome of it. You can provide hope even if you feel hopeless. Yep. That's a weird thing. It's really hard. But when you start to look outside of yourself and say, how can I help or serve somebody else? All of a sudden, that could be a game changer as well. That serotonin oxytocin release uh, in the brain, creating bonds and creating that chemical love between people and actual compassion between people. It, It can be released intentionally. Do what you can to provide happiness, joy, whatever it is that you need, hope for yourself and for others. And if you need help, if you're like, wow, I don't even know what to be hopeful about. There's five amazing people on this podcast that would be more than happy to have a conversation with you. More than happy to, to reach out and just say, hey, how can we help? What can we do to, to help you out right now? If you feel yourself in that situation, you can go to our, our website, uh, not our website, you can go email us at askus at leadershipbs.co or you can find us on, on our Facebook group, Leadership BS, No More Leadership BS. So find us, reach out, put those people in your life that you need to be there, make the best difference that you can for yourself in this new year and the world that we have right now. From all of us here at the No More Leadership BS podcast, thank you always for listening. We are grateful for all of our listeners. And the fact that, I don't know, we're not even a year in and we've already had over 55,000 downloads. That's yeah, pretty baby. darn cool. That's pretty that's awesome. A, that's a positive effect in the world. Like for me, just thinking about that, the people that we reach, the people that we help puts a smile on my face and gives me a little bit of gratitude. I'm like, Wow, thank you, all you listeners. Oh, good. And even the one in Southern Oregon. Southern <laughs> Oregon. We got to give a shout Eastern out to Oregon. Eastern Oregon. And I am, am very thankful for all our listeners as well, but I'm especially thankful for my four little rays of sunshine that I get to meet with. And just <laughs> you guys make my life so much happier and more hopeful. So I appreciate that. This is a highlight of my month, and I love you guys. Exactly. We love you all too. Thank you so much for listening from all of us here at the No More Leadership BS podcast. Have a splendid day and we'll see you next week. Thank you. See ya. Bye-bye. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the No Leadership BS podcast. If you have any stories, questions, or comments you would like to share with us, please email us at askus at leadershipbs.co. That's askus at leadershipbs.co. Don't forget to give us a five-star review so we can reach more people. Thank you so much, and tune in next time. We'll see you then.